Well, hey friends, welcome to Tuesday, December the 20th, and thanks for joining me today on Enough for Today. We are in Psalm 68, and we are just um, days away from Christmas. I hope that you are preparing and having a wonderful week already. We're we're in the second paragraph of Psalm 68. We did a fly, kind of a flyby yesterday, and we looked at verse 15 in particular. This is a section where David is expressing God's ability to defend himself and ultimately reign triumphant forever and ever. And he's using uh, geography and local um, local settings because that's his familiar sense of it. Okay, we, we're 21st century Americans, so we don't always have the sense of the hills around Israel or the city of Zion, Jerusalem, uh, or Sinai. We don't have the sense of these things. But in David's immediate peripheral uh, vision, immediate periphery, could I say, uh, he is... He's surrounded by these very events, and so he's celebrating. And uh, if I could just do a flyby of verses 7 through 14 again, you track with me. Verses, verse 7 is, um, I'm sorry, not 7, 15. Set 15 to 21. Verse 15 is, um, God's hill is, is better than the hills of the enemy. And even though the hills of the enemy try to leap above him and usurp him and overcome him, he's going to dwell on his hill forever and ever. And he's surrounded it with chariots. Verse 17, I think those are the chariots of Israel. I'll come back to that in a minute. He's, he's defended it basically, and he's defended it with an angelic army. Um, and he's with them. He's, he's with his people. Uh, that's a, that's a Emmanuel Christmas, you know, messianic Psalm reference. Um, verse 18, he has, thou hast, he has ascended on high, led captivity captive, received gifts for men. Yea, the rebellious dwell that the Lord God might dwell among them. So he he has descended and ascended. He's descended and taken captivity captive, and he's ascended with gifts, redemption, spiritual gifts, the church. I mean, on and on we could go with gifts for men, and he'll even save the rebellious, and then he's going to dwell among them. And he is blessed, blessed in that he, after he redeems us and gifts us, he loads us every day with benefits because he is the God of salvation. He saves and then he blesses, and he is our God, and he's the only God who can save from death, um, and he is the only God who will ultimately overcome his enemies. He will mortally wound them in the head, um, and he will overcome everyone that goes on in his trespasses. He will deal uh, justly with everyone who chooses to live on in sin in spite of his redeeming grace. So that is uh, verses 15 to 21, but David says it in um, in, in poetic form, in Hebrew, and uh, in much more picturesque and metaphorical and uh, localized renderings. Okay, so so we said yesterday, the hill of God is the hill of Bashan. That's the Golan Heights. The hill is the hill of Bashan. Why leap ye high hills? Those are the hills overcoming uh, or, or seeking to usurp God. Those are the hills of the enemy looking on. Um, this is the hill which God desires to dwell in. No one's going to overcome without... Uh, without express permission from God, and ultimately and eternally God will live and reign in this city forever. Verse 17 is where we pick up today. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. So I think they're, now I've been thinking about this in the last 24 hours, I think the chariots of God are, obviously we know that God's defenses of heavenly hosts are many more than, than 20,000. So I think David is referencing an earthly force, an earthly army that's on God's side. I think he's referencing the resources of Israel in this moment that are set to defend Jerusalem, and he calls them the chariots of God, which that makes sense, okay? 
Um, but look at the next phrase, even thousands of angels. So David's, David's reference is God's provided a pretty strong earthly, material, physical, visible defense. But he's also surrounded us with angelic armies. He is the Lord of hosts, all the hosts of heaven. Not only that, the Lord is among them. He is with us. So we've got our own defenses and resources that God gives us. We've got all the angelic hosts of heaven, the armies of heaven on our side, and we have God himself on our side, as in Sinai, in the holy place. So David foresaw something here. He understood something here that a lot of times um, New Testament believers don't realize that Old Testament believers really understood. So you'll come across a theologian that will occasionally say, well, Israel would have never imagined God dwelling personally or intimately with us because they saw him as dwelling in the holy place and unapproachable. And that's true. Many of them restricted him to that space. But true faith believers, true gospel, if I can use that phrase, gospel believers of the Old Testament, and obviously I mean through an Old Testament lens of gospel principles, they understood that there was a way through mercy and grace and faith to come into a relationship with God that brought him out of the holy place and close up and that let him dwell among or dwell with us and not just separate in the holy place. So I think that's beautiful that God not just, he doesn't only give me his physical resources to take care of myself. He doesn't just surround me with the hosts of heaven. He gives me himself. He is with me and he's with you today. Verse 18 And I love this. This is quoted later in Ephesians 4. The Apostle Paul quotes this phrase. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men. Yea, for the rebellious also that the Lord Lord God might dwell among them. Now that is an Old Testament gospel. What did Jesus do? First, he descended. And he, the holy place was the mercy seat. It was where, the holy of holies, I should say. um, The mercy seat where the blood of the atonement was was poured out. So Jesus first descended, poured out his blood for the atonement of our sins, but then he rose and he ascended on high. And what did he do? He took captivity captive. Captivity of what? Death, hell, the grave, eternal torment, eternal judgment. He took that captivity captive. Death was now his prisoner. And in doing so, he received gifts for men. The gospel the grace of God, the mercy of God. Paul calls it, he says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Um, Ephesians, every good gift and every perfect gift that cometh down from above, cometh down from above from the Father of lights. That's James. Ephesians 4, though, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. What did he give us? First of all, our salvation. Not the knowledge of his grace and his presence and his goodness. He gave us himself. What else did he give us? He gave us spiritual gifts with which to serve his people. He gave us the church. He gives us the gifts of each other. Uh, so many gifts that he's given to us because of his uh, because of his reign, because of his ascension. Yea, for the rebellious also. Even the rebellious. In other words, David's saying, you don't earn your way into these gifts. You don't earn your way into this grace. God is impartial in that uh, all of us are sinful. None of us seek after the Lord. Uh, all have gone astray. All we like sheep have gone astray, Isaiah said. So uh, even for the rebellious, yeah, even you, even me, 
God allows us to come into this relationship so that the Lord God might dwell among them. Do you see the gospel there? He came to us. He conquered captivity. He conquered death. He conquered the separation of sin. He ascended and he gave gifts, gifts of grace and mercy and redemption and sanctification and a new name and a new life and abundant life and a new hev- uh, a new earth and a new creation one day and a new kingdom and, and a forever life with him. And, and, he, and he takes us out of our rebellion and he chooses to dwell with us. So David says, blessed be the Lord. This is what we celebrate all the time. That's why Jesse Craigle on Sunday said, uh, they're all Christmas songs. Um, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. Now, we're going to pause there today because you serve a God who has gone into battle on your behalf. All the hosts of heaven surround you, walk with you. But God himself came to be with you and he rode into battle and he, and he conquered. He conquered death itself. He conquered captivity itself. And then he rode out of battle, right out of the tomb, and he ascended on high, leading captivity captive, and lives now as your intercessor and your great high priest and your great king. And why does he live? He lives to love you, to bless you, to pour out gifts upon you. And he is a blessed Lord because every day, including today, he loads us with benefits. And he is the God of our salvation. What a wonderful God. What a great friend. What an amazing story. Aren't you glad you belong? So tell somebody about him today. Have a great Tuesday, and I'll see you tomorrow.